here to offer biblical strategies for effective teaching. Uh, I just want to again thank you like I do every time. I just want to thank everybody for joining in, tuning in, watching the episodes. I uh, truly appreciate it. I am ready to just get started. I have so much stuff on my mind right now. I am just, every episode lately has been for me. Like, really, every episode is is like speaking to me. Things that I'm going through, things that I'm working through, things that I'm, I'm trying to be past as like, well, this is what you do, Ronette. You get yourself together because uh, what happens is when it's something that's for you, this is what happened for me. Something that's for you, the enemy will try to use it against you and say, well, you need this. How can you teach somebody that? How can you talk about that? Even though you know you're, you're, you're working on mastery and you have mastered some things and then you get, you know, new things come up and then it comes, maybe you hit you from a different angle. Like you may have mastered patience and then patience with your students, patience with your family, patience with just different situations. But then all of a sudden it comes from a different angle and you're like, whoa, I have patience for that. <laughs> right? So uh, that's just something that we say. We do say that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for that. I don't have patience for you. Um, so, But that's not how the Bible works, uh, how scripture works. You don't pick and choose when with who and how you uh, exude these uh, gifts, these these uh, walking in the spirit, you know, these gifts of the spirit. How you don't choose that. You have to walk in the spirit and in, in, in the fruit of the spirit. And so you, how are you going to choose when and with who? That doesn't work. So these, these episodes last five have been for me. <laughs> That's so funny because it is, it feels like I'm struggling trying to be a teacher. Like how do you struggle with your gift? Like, you know, you know, you get in your classroom, you got it. But then that's not the only part of being a teacher. You work for people. You work with people. You work around people. You work because of people. All kind of stuff. You know, we want to master. I want to master teaching. I do. That's like what I'm working on. Master. We're talking about money. I had to have so many small groups today working with money, right? So I had to get all of my students to understand you're, you're working with small numbers. I know it's saying a quarter. I know it's saying a dime, a nickel, a penny, a 50 cent piece, right? I know it's saying that. But it's small numbers, 50, 25, 10, you know, 5, 1. You've been counting like that since September. I don't know what you did last year. Don't make it so hard. You look at this coin, see which coin that is, and see how what the amount is. So I've been working. So I had to get every student today to understand that. So when I got it, they were getting it. They were like, oh. And I was putting it in their head. I was telling them, you got this. You don't have a problem with math. Even the students who have a problem with math, they can't have a problem with 50, 25, 10, 1, and uh, 5. They can't. They don't have a problem with that. You can add this. You can add this halfway on your fingers. Right? So uh, I, I want to master that. But guess what? Being a teacher, you have other things to master besides teaching your students. 
we have to have certain skills and some skills that we have to have, uh, <laughs> we have to have a whole lot of skills being a teacher. And then those skills have to transfer. They can't just be for our students. They have to transfer. Uh, they have to transfer. I had a student in my class today and I had patience with them. And I was talking to him and I was like, well, you are, um, your teacher's not here. You're in my class. You know how you get extra students when you don't have subs. So he's in my class and I, I had patience. I was working with them. Right. And I, I, I gave him work to do. Look, this is what you need to do. Your parents don't expect you to come to school and do nothing. You can't, it's not how it works. Just because your teacher's not here, you got a little ditto and you think you're going to rush through it. I'll give you some better work that you have to answer the questions. Right. They were just, there was three. They were just all over the place, talking over me, talking around every, you know, I, it was like, I had to keep telling them to get stuff together. Then I told them, no, forget it. You join my class. Whatever we're doing, that's what you're doing. Right. Then it came to a time he got a little aggressive with my students. Guess what? I lost my patience. It was not even that so much losing my patience, but I didn't feel like I needed to deal with that. Connor was patient, but at the same time, he hit one of my students, so then you got to go. We're not hitting in this class. We're not doing that. So you you go talk to the principal. You go see what you got to do because I'm not in here to discipline other students. So at first, it was kind of patience. I had patience for him because most students I do, most children I do have patience with. But then it got to it went to another level. So I had to work with those students and have patience. And so... There's some things. I went all around that to say what kind of um, characteristics a teacher should have. Patience is one of them. So let me let me just go to that scripture because I'm talking about patience. And that wasn't even what I was going for first. I wasn't going for that first. So let me see. Patience. Teamwork. Um, this patience is probably patience. Um, time management. Where's my patience scriptures? Because I know I got conflict management, technology, uh, organization. I'm going to find it. All these things we need to have. Leadership skills, organization skills, teamwork skills, um, time management. I lost my patience skill. I think I just lost. That's the, I got to have some patience to find these, these scriptures. These are like kind of the best ones. Because these are like from the fruit of the spirit. Um. So we have to have patience. I I was all up to the camera. Uh, this is again. I'm gonna. I have to get a new computer, people, right? Because this is. I don't know if this is working. When I come over here, something's happening. So, um, what does the Bible say about patience? You know, patience comes from wisdom. The Bible says love is patient. We should be patient and gentle with one with one another. God is patient with us. Jesus exercised patience on earth. We should persevere and be patient when waiting on the Lord. Uh, patience will be rewarded. Patience is a fruit of the spirit. So that's one of the characteristics teachers should have. So if that's the characteristics, that doesn't mean patience should be specifically for our students. Again, we have to have patience with our administration. We have to have patience with our coworkers, patience with the rules that we have to abide by. We have to have patience with our parents, our students, ourselves. You know, sometimes we're like trying to get things and we don't get it. And we're like, um, 
uh, I just need to do this right now. And then we don't have patience to wait. And we like, this is, I don't have time for this. So a lot of things we don't have patience for. So Bible says, be joyful in hope, patient in, in affliction, faithful in prayer. Affliction. Sometimes we go through affliction. And then I heard T.D. Jake say th- this weekend, he was talking about uh, people who um, cut themselves, right? And they're trying to, uh, take their mind off the pain they have by creating more pain. And so I was thinking like we have, um, affliction. And then sometimes we hurt ourselves, um, because of the pain, just say, for instance, Bible talks about being slow to speak, right? That's part of communication. Being slow to speak, you know, quick to hear. And then we have a problem with being slow to speak. And we can hurt ourselves. And I, I, like I said last week, I did that to myself. Like just last week, hurt my own self by talking too much. Because I was about to tell somebody what they could do. <laughs> I didn't. I did. <laughs> I, that's in my head. In my head, I told them what they could do and how to get there. Right? Where they could, yeah, I did. In my head, I told them. Right? What to do. I didn't say it. I said it roundabout way. But because I said what I, the things that I said, uh, I was out of frustration. I said what I said. They heard what I was trying to say, what I wanted to say, and they heard it still. And that blocked me from some things. So now I'm, I'm suffering the consequences from opening my mouth. So that's sort of like I cut myself trying to take away the pain over here. I cut myself over here. And distract myself from that pain, I cut myself. You know, I should have just kept quiet, dealt with the pain I was dealing with. Now that I caused two problems. Pain, thing, thing that I wanted to do because of that pain, I hurt myself instead and didn't get rid of any of the pain. You know, so now I have pain in two places. <laughs> so uh, that's just something. You know, we got to be patient in affliction. We can't just be rushing through like, okay, well, come on, it's time. You said... It's time. You said last week this is what was going to happen. And last week this didn't happen. This is a new week. Now what? Now I'm going to tell everybody uh, I'm not happy. You know, no, we're not doing that. This is not how it should work. God, God gives us more wisdom than that. And so we have to walk in. We are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. You know you're not. You know you're not. The devil will distract you from where your goal is. He will distract you from where God told you to go. And he will try to make you think that God's not there. Because God, sometimes he doesn't give us step-by-step. He gives us step-by-step. This is, I meant to say that wrong. He has step-by-step. Because we're not patient, waiting for the next step. We're looking around. See what's happening over there. See, well, maybe I can move faster over there. And and, and, and we're not patient, waiting on God. And, and we have to be that. Um, um, but if we hope for what we do not. Yet have, we wait patiently for Romans 8, 25. I was hoping for something, but I was hoping today. I was hoping today. Didn't happen like that. I didn't wait patiently. I wait patiently for one day. After that one day, I couldn't take it. Like, I could take it, but I didn't take it. I Like I said, so patience. We have to be patient. We have to be patient with our students. Our students are learning we have to be patient. Not all of them learn the same way. Not all of them learn in the same time. You have to be patient. This person might get it 
like again, I said, I we were working with money. This is our first day working with money. My students are used to looking at a number and adding, seeing all the numbers. They can't. They're not trying to read what it says. I got half a big portion of my class reading the math questions, the the math stories, reading it before they ask me what's happening, what what it says, and all that stuff. So, but then some who can't read, even these that can read, they're not reading. They see two, one, and one. Two quarters, one nine, one nickel. They're adding two plus one plus one. I looked at the guy, I said, what? Why would you add that? You know good and well the book is not asking you what's two plus one plus one. No, well, why would they ask you that? You know math past that. We've been doing two-digit addition and subtraction. You think they're going to just bust out with a two plus one plus one? No. And then I say you have to read it. It says two quarters, one nine, and one nickel. Now you have to go back to this page and see what is quarters worth. You have two quarters, put two quarters worth. You have one dime, and, and, and I had to have patience because I realized I did have patience. I had patience with my students. So I did, I realized they're just looking at the numbers and say, okay, this is what we've been doing. Because sometimes I'm working with so many students, so many students are coming to me that when they come to me, I say, add those numbers, right? <laughs> I do. So they got used to that. And they're like, okay, I added those numbers, all right? And so the Bible gives us like a lot. We have the fruit of the Spirit, remember, Remember, when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, that there is no law against that. So you have having patience, there's no law. Nobody can hold you account, hold you as to have committed a crime. Nobody could say this is a criminal because she's too patient. He's too patient. Never happened. Never happened. Patience is a virtue. You want to be virtuous? Walk in patience. I'm, I'm, hmm. I was about to say, girl. <laughs> Walk in patience. You're going to get it. You're going to have no problems. Because the acts of the flesh, that's where you get the problems. But we're not even talking about that. We're talking about patience. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Right? And so that's something. Another thing we, we ought to have as teachers of characteristics, we ought to be able be technologically savvy. You know, you don't you don't have to know everything about technology. Technology is a pencil. Technology is this microphone. Technology is this, this computer. So you have to be able to use instruments, instruments of change, instruments, new things. You know, we had this camera, this video on my computer. We didn't have that before. We had to have a video camera. Then we had to take the, I don't know how we would have done it back in the day. You had to, we just had to record on the VCR, use it, and then copy the tapes on a double VCR thing, copier, and then sell those v videos as a VCR. Then we had a camera with the little disc. We put that disc in our computer and the SD disc. Now we have everything built in our computers in our phones, so you have to be able to be technological, technologically savvy. You have to be, as a teacher, you have to use video, you have to use audio, you have to use uh, projectors, uh, whiteboards, um, smart TVs, smart boards, all this technology that we didn't have before, microphones. 
God, when we had, when we were walking in isolation in school, we had masks on. We had to get microphones and we put our microphones in our masks or on the outside of our masks, wherever you put it. And then you spoke to the students because it was hard for them to hear you because you had on a mask. So you have to be ready to move like we did in 2020. I know March 16th, we were, March 13th, we knew we were going down. That was a Thursday, I think. I don't know, Thursday or Friday. They said, we're shutting down. We're going virtual, make you some stuff, put you some stuff on Google Classroom. Monday, the 16th, you got to be ready to go. We had to be ready to go. The students had one day off. And that day was for us to go into school, which was crazy because we shouldn't even been there, go into school and put some assignments together. That's what we did. So we had to be technologically savvy right then on the spot. Nobody had time to say, I can't go virtual. We didn't go virtual right then. We just had to put work, right? But then, I don't know how long later, a couple of weeks, probably two, we had to be virtual. We had to have our... We, they didn't care if you had internet. You had to have internet. They didn't care if you understood how to go live with your class. You had to figure it out. You had to get that. We didn't have a lesson. So you had. we have to be technologically savvy. We have to be able to show our parents things that and our students what to do. Um. Oh, I clicked off that. But Mo, Noah had to be te technologically savvy. God told him to make an ark. For a flood that was coming, which had never happened before. So he had to make that ark big enough. Pretty sure they had boats before. He had to make a whole ark enough to hold animals. Many animals. Um, he had to be ready. And there, and I know we say two of every kind, but I don't think that was it. Um, I think it was more than that. And then maybe you know some animals you didn't need to put on there like some fish unless that was what he was going to eat. Um, you know, because he said two of every kind of animal and seven pairs of clean animals and flying, flying creatures. So two of every kind. But then there's some clean animals. I think those might be the ones he had to eat. So seven pairs of clean animals. So two of every, just say you got two elephants. Then you got, what's a clean animal? A bird. I don't know what animal. A bird. You might have had uh, seven pairs of birds, right? So you just can't. Oh, and flying creatures. There you go. Seven pairs of flying creatures and clean animals. I don't know what a clean animal is. But that that's a lot of, he had to be able to know what a cubic is and all those measurements like, like we have yards and all that. He had to know how to measure that. He had to get it together. He spent a lot of time. And um, like we talked about last week when we talked about the different um, the different people who were anointed to build uh, the city, the temple, and to build artifacts and designs. So we they had plenty of people who are, were ready to serve, um, who are ready to serve. And they had to be technologically savvy they they just had to be and um let me see i'm gonna find a scripture for that i, I went too fast Te technological so i'm gonna give you a scripture because i gave it to you last week just because this is something teachers have to be you just can't be talking about i don't know i'm too old to learn that 
Cain built the city in Genesis. Um, um, he made things out of bronze and iron. Noah built an ark. People built the Tower of Babel. They were so technologically savvy, God had to switch it up and change their languages so they couldn't build because they were trying to build a, a, a tower up to heaven. Um, King Solomon built a temple, and that was one of the most magnificent temples ever. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. Peter used to write, he used to write letters. He had to be able to do that. Teachers have to be able to handle conflict resolution. Like I said, I had a little child in my class today. I had to be able to handle this conflict. And I, my students every day that I handle conflict with is, um, we talk about, we have to be in our classroom every single day. We do not want to be in our classroom hating each other, fighting each other, right? So I talk to my students about being nice to each other. And, and again, we have to be there every day. I want everybody to want to come to class. So at the same time, there's teachers who have to have, have conflict resolution. You just can't have, <laughs> this is for me. Conflict, I, I'm telling you, I'm mastering my classroom. I have that under control. You don't have to ask me, are my students fighting? No, they might fight, but we fix it. We fix it right away. Conflict resolution. A teacher, you can't be known for being terrible at conflict resolution. You're like, everybody's like, she can have her class good, in control, right? You know, we handle conflict in my classroom. We got it together, right? We know how to talk things through and see what happened and why. And then not jump to conclusion. But guess what? When we walk outside that classroom or when we get on a computer and talk to a parent, you know, we have parents who are upset about their students, about their children. And we have to be able to, nip, you know, uh, resolve things. But we have administration. We have coworkers. We have laws. I say laws. Leave it like that. We have so much that we have to... We have to be able to resolve some conflict because I'm telling you, I this is how I resolved my conflict the last few weeks. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. I'm not even looking like I want to talk to you. And I'm walking around happy all day. And then I see somebody and I'm like, that's not godly. You can't make that godly. Can't make it godly. You can't. So how are you going to have these traits as a teacher, as a Christian teacher, and then you only pick and choose who and where you want to have the trait. You know, you want to uh, let people see these traits. You want to express these traits. We can't do it. So let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yeah. I, now, mind you, I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I've been slow to anger. But then I didn't release it. I didn't release it. So I, I don't know why I'm telling you, because I don't have to, but I didn't release the anger. So I'm holding the anger in. I'm being slow to anger, but I'm really not. I'm holding it. Instead of just brushing it off, say, okay, I, you got that. Or start praying or walking in the spirit. Instead of walking in the spirit, I was trying. I, I wasn't trying. I just, I, I wasn't, uh, how you say, I wasn't intentional about walking in the spirit in my mind that's what i wanted to do but i i didn't let that intention flow through me instead i was holding in the anger so i wasn't slow to anger i was slow to express my anger and then you know how we get if we we're slow to express our anger then we get the anger 
it, it, it bursts out and everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. People are calling me up, asking me, are you okay? You're looking down. You're looking, I haven't seen you. You're just so serious. And I'm like, I'm okay, but I'm choosing to shut, I'm choosing to shut down. But I don't, you can't be like that. How can you shut down? Um, when you're supposed to be walking in the spirit and, and having good conflict resolution skills. So I'm, I, man, God is working on me. I'm telling you everything. This is, I know it's time for me to move. God is doing some things for me and enemy. And so everything that I need, the person that I need to be is being tested right now. And as a teacher, when you want to grow as a person, when you're growing, you're going to be tested and don't be, don't feel like this is strange when you're tested and tried. And I know you can't, can't be acting like something is strange because you already know you're going to be tried in general. But when you're trying to get to another level, another layer of, of who you are in God, you're going to be tested because you have to be purified as gold is purified to move up. You just can't, how are you going to ever elevate and you don't have good conflict resolutions, resolution skills. You are sensitive. How are you going to be sensitive and you trying to move up? People saying stuff to you, you getting all bent out of shape. You can't. So at first it didn't look like it. And now when it's compiled on, then all of a sudden you see it. You're like, wow, I changed this lady's mind. I changed this lady's life. And that's not cool. That's drifting. That's what the devil wants us to be. He wants us to drift, be led by the world, and be changed instead of being renewed, you know, being having our minds renewed no he wants to be us to be conformed to the world meaning we're drifting into whatever the enemy wants us to do we're doing it we're falling he wants us angry he wants us isolated he wants us withdrawn but i see it so i'm walking in hospitality i'm walking in love i'm I, if you can't see it it's gonna pop out in a minute <laughs> because i'm working on it i'm working on it so we have uh, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have one your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that the, uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, let um, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. You know nobody likes a tax collector. So I, this is, um, this is so perfect. This is what I did. It wasn't my brother. This was just a coworker and nobody wanted to listen. So I took it to what we, I would say essentially is the church. It wasn't the church. It was, you know, people you supposed to take conflict to. I did. People don't want to listen. It's like you're a tax collector to me, right? That's what you do. You treat them like a tax collector. You pay your bill. You treat them, it says, as a Gentile. So that means, like, he's not a brother anymore. You just treat them as you're, you're cordial. But guess what? That's kind of, that's talking to pe to brotherhood in, in, in Matthew. That's talking to that. But at the same time, just think. You still have to walk in hospitality and patience and love and joy and patience. I mean, patience. I understand I'm going to say patience. And gentleness and kindness. We still have to do that. So... We could take some things and fix it to fit us, but we still have to work 
where we have to, you know, use our tongue wisely. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is, does not brag and it is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked, does not take into account the wrong sufferer. I can't walk around saying, well, this is what she did. No, you got to walk in love. So I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about teachers, Christians with oil, educators with oil. You have to take that. When we take our oil with us, we're walking in that. So we have to know also. Give me one more. Let me see. Time management. All right. Teachers have to have great time management skills as a trait. Right? We have, we are constantly, constantly working under um, time. Right? We're constantly. Every period, it's 40 minutes in our school. Literacy is uh, <clears throat> 120 minutes. Math is... 80 minutes, then we have intervention, then we have 40 minutes of um, science or social studies, 40 minute lunch. I did so much at lunch, I forgot to do what I needed to do. I had to separate some things for my students during my lunch time. I had to eat and do some work, eat and do some work. And then they got back and they said, Miss Brown, you said, well, I ran out of time. I don't know what to tell you. So we have to use our time wisely. We definitely have to use our time wisely. Every teacher knows that. You have to. <clears throat> I'm not saying use your lunch because I don't believe in that. I did it because there was something I had to do, you know. And I didn't use my prep for it because I hadn't planned on it. I had planned on it, but I just didn't plan wisely. You know, you get doing something else. Then you got to go to the bathroom, all this stuff. Then your time runs out. And then during my prep time, the students are in the classroom. So it was kind of difficult. So you have to use your time wisely. And next time I'll use my prep. You know, I'll use my prep to do things that I need to do. Right? I don't believe in taking all this work home. There are times where you have to take work home. You have tests and things that you have to grade. And uh, report cards that you have to put together. You can use your prep for that. Um, I don't believe in taking that stuff home because people are talking about, um, having a balance. There's no balance. There's, there's things you focus on when you focus on it. So sometimes I'm focusing on grades. I'm focusing on tests. I'm focusing on, uh, things that I need to do, prepare for my students. So you're focusing on, sometimes I'm focusing on my grandkids. Sometimes I'm focusing on my house. Like there's things I need to do right now. I'm looking around. You can't see it. I'm looking around. There's things I need to do right now. And things, you know, you have to focus on. So he says, do not be unwise, but wise, making the best use of your time because the times are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the what the Lord's will is. You know, God has things that he wants you to do that you need to do right now. You have to do later. You have to Focus on what his will is for you at that time. His will while you're in school is for you to focus on your students and get the students, making sure your students are learning what you're trying to teach, right? When you get home, you might have a spouse you need to focus on. God, that's God's will for you to take care of your spouse or your children or your home, right? Or your body. I had to go for a walk before I even came here to do this. I know I have to get that exercise out. I have to do, I did stretching and walking all at the same time. 
right? I had my band, uh, my elastic band stretching my arms and exercising my legs at the same time, my heart and my lungs. I did. I didn't jog. I need to start jogging. Um, but God's will for your life at the time, that's what you need to focus on. Um, behave wisely towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. You know, sometimes people come up to us and want to talk to us. You have to make sure that's the best use of your time. Taking time to speak, talk to people. Sometimes it's a good use because you're winning people and you're being nice and you're giving them more than they ask for. But then there's sometimes when you just have to be wise about your time. Like I can't talk right now. This is what I need to do. I have something to do and I'll get back with you. Um, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives peril, um, generously to all without reproach. Uh, and it will be given him. So we have a lot. We have to live with eternity in mind. We have to live, seek wisdom from God. We have to keep in mind um, that we're never guaranteed tomorrow. So when you're doing all this focusing on school and you come home and forget about your family, I, I, don't, I don't believe God wants us to do that. We might not make it till tomorrow. So we need to make sure we're focusing on what we need to focus on. That's the most important thing in our lives. So we have to make sure our time, use our time wisely. Sometimes you do have to sit up and call somebody. Get on the phone and talk to somebody you haven't spoken to a long time. Somebody who uh, is going through something. You have to, you know, spend that time with that person. That's the wise thing to do. Then other times you can't talk to your friends all the time. And we have to talk about teamwork. You know, we teach our students in our class all the time about teamwork. We're talking about uh, two are better than one because they are a good return for their labor. Where is, what is that? Ecclesiastics 6 and 9. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but... Pity any anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Oh my God, that's something. We you you need you need teamwork. You need to have somebody with you if you fall, right? Um, and if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be empowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We talked about that before. You know, you have to have teamwork. You have to have somebody to work with. Iron sharpens iron, so one uh, so one person sharpens another. Um, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and there is no division among you. Remember, teamwork. Get with your uh, class um, colleagues, colleagues in your grade colleagues, your grade level colleagues. Get with them. Collaborate. Have teamwork. Sometimes you can trade students. You can get together like, you're working on this. My student is struggling. Can you work with them on that? You know, uh, my student is uh, is needs help in reading or math or, or whatever. He didn't get it. He doesn't understand uh, two-digit subtraction. He doesn't understand two-digit addition. Can you work with me? Who can help me? I, I know how I have some students who, uh, with their English language, it's a little... I went around asking whoever I could ask. I asked my our secretary, what should I do with this little girl? And finally I got some help because I needed some teamwork. I really did. It was like not, I couldn't do it on my own. 
Now someone put something in my ear what to do, and now I'm working with her. I even, um, I did everything from get her books that she could read. I did everything on her stuff. Every now when I teach, I make sure that I, I I have been doing it, but I make sure I have my computer up in the front with the projector. When we're going over new words, I I blow the picture up right there. That's it. What we're talking about. This is a bathroom. This is a doorknob. This is a bird cage. Whatever we talk, where the word is for today. Uh, that is what I pull up. So I, I had to get some teamwork to know how to do that. And, ooh, teachers, uh, teachers need leadership skills. This camera is like off, like clapping, trying to make the bright up, be bright again. Leadership skills. Leadership skills comes not just with your students. You have to be able to show the lead. I know in a lot of meetings we have, um, I, I'm outspoken, but I'm not outspoken. I'm, I'm trying to help show my leadership skills. Like just say somebody doesn't understand a specifics about a curriculum or something. But if you try this, this will work, you know, let I'll help you. What? This is what I do. So I do that with my students. Some things are not hard for me. Right. But at the same time, you show leadership skills. Guess what? All these other things I'm talking about come under leadership skills. So you could be a good leader. But you have to have these other skills. Leaders have different qualities that they need to possess, like honesty and integrity, things like that. So I was talking to somebody today when I was looking up leadership skills, and I was like, well, if honesty was the last one, if you don't have honesty, oh, you negate every other every other one if you're a leader because you can't trust your leader. What? you? I don't want a leader I can't trust. Um, that's, that's for sure. I can't stand that. Um, where there's no guidance, a, peop a people falls. But in abundance of counselors, there is safety. You need leaders. You need leaders. You need great godly counselors. Um, it shall be not be so among you, but whosoever, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you uh, must be your slave. As the son of man came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give himself a ransom for many. We know that. This is what I just said. Like, I was being a leader when it came to, like, some meetings that we had. But I was there, and I helped somebody. You know, I help people. This is what I'm doing. I I, I'm a, I can help you. Um, you think that's hard? I can help you with that. And we have to have creativity. Creativity. And I always used to say, I don't, I'm not creative like that. But guess what? I'm made in the image of, of God, of my father. And he is creative. He, the first thing he did was create. He created the heavens and the earth. Then he created man in his own image. And if I'm in his image and he's a creator, what do you think I am? I'm a creator too, right? Um, he, uh, he, Exodus, he has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers, and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. It said he filled them with his spirit. That's Exodus. You, um, Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I asked, guess what? I'm made in his image. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Huh? I'm not even going to that. So teachers, we got to be creative. We have to be creative in how we teach our students and the things that we do. There's some things that I didn't want to do i made a uh a, a, a black history month um 
bulletin board. I want to have the African-American lady with the curls and all that stuff. I want to do that. That's not even being creative. That's just copying what somebody else did. So I had to think. I made my board with uh, African-American educators, right? We had some famous ones back, you know, Mary McLeod Bethune and some others, right? And I spread them out. Then I was like, hmm. I'm an educator. I'm making history. Put me up there. Then I asked the black uh, African teach African American teachers at my school, can you write me a little blog? Uh, send me a picture. Some did, some didn't. So I just went around taking snap pictures, and I put it up on my board. I had to be a little bit more creative because then the students are like, who are these people? These are the African American teachers in our building. This who these are, right? You got a gym teacher, a uh, uh, learning loss. We got a uh, uh, third grade, we have, I didn't get the counselor and another first grade teacher. I just didn't have time. I'm managing my time, right? Um, myself, another third grade teacher, uh, somebody else, I forgot. But I took their pictures, put it up there. And it's creative enough for the students are asking questions. You know, so you have to be creative uh, as a teacher. That's a skill we need to have. We need to have organizational skills. You know, God is, is organized. He said, do things decently and in order. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 40. We all think should be done decently and in order. You have to be organized. You know, you have a plan. You know you have a schedule. Organize it. Make sure you have everything you need to follow through that day. You have to be organizing everything. You go into a meeting, you need to have what you need to have. Sometimes I go into meetings. If you see me come to a meeting with nothing, it's because... This is it. I, I'm going to remember what I need to say. This is not that important. But if it's a meeting that I need to have my ducks in a row and I need to have documentation, I'll bring it. If I don't need documentation, I'm not doing all that. So, But you have to be organizing everything that you do. You know, um, in the classroom, the students know when you're not organized. You know, if just say somebody walks in your class. You can't even execute a lesson if you're not organized. You can't gonna be missing things you don't have everything you need uh the students then you have to have the students waiting then there's behaviors that become because of you're not organized you're not ready huh but oh you have to have communication skills i'm almost done i'm going this is taking so long i think i talk a lot i need to have you have to have communication skills right um be able to communicate now just with your students, with your parents, with your fa with other faculty members, other staff members, your administrator. You have to be able to communicate well. Uh, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Woo, that's talking to me. Uh, only what is helpful in, um, for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit the listener. Starting right now. As of yet, we had a problem. We don't. We don't have a problem anymore. To answer before listening, um, to answer before listening to that is folly and shame. You don't even hear the whole matter, and you're just answering a question. I tell my students all the time: stop. Don't raise your hand till you listen to the question. They're ready to answer something else that I didn't even say. You know, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as of today, you know, I, I, I understand. I, I do walk around, walk in understanding. And then I still air my own opinion. <laughs> but I'm working on it. Uh, I have to be a new person. Watch this. Watch this. I have to be new. I have to be a, become a different person. I'm evolving. 
And that is something that we want to do. We have to evolve. We just can't be the same. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Whoa, that is today right now. So I can't be reckless with my words. I know I I know how it feels. I was in a meeting and somebody was reckless, used reckless words. And you, I was like, ho, oh, what? You know, and it was like, we had to stop the meeting. They didn't even know the meeting was over, but the meeting was over. <laughs> they didn't even know because the people have tact, you know, that was controlling the meeting, but they didn't even know the meeting was over just because of their reckless words. The meeting was over. And I was upset because how the meeting going to be over? Uh-uh, we just letting that slide? No, see, that's what I'm talking about, Be having patience. But I had to, I had to settle down and uh, take the advice of the, the the people in charge who were in charge of the meeting, or you know. And then I had to say, oh, whatever. That's what I was thinking. Whatever. I whatever. And then, you know, because I was patient, I could see the end of the whole matter. But uh, though we can't have reckless words, we just can't be saying any old thing. Sin is not ended ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Ah, this I'm telling you, this is talking to me. This is talking to me. Patience. I gave us patience. I pulled that up again. That's why. Okay. Oh, critical thinking skills. You know, Islands clicked off of that, but we have to have critical thinking skills for real. Um, we have to be able to. Oh, where is that? Critical. Critical thinking skills. You know, we have to be able to. Uh, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. You have to give thought to everything. You just can't jump, go flying off the handle because you heard something. No, you can't. You have to think about it. You know, you have to think. You just can't just talk. Be quick to hear. You can't. I mean, you got to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. But test everything. Hold fast um, what is good. Beloved, I do not believe every do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. You have to be able to think critically. You can't even teach your students how to think critically if you're not a critical thinker. You know, you have to ask the why, what, what for. So I've been on here for forty six minutes. I'm gonna. Close it down. There are so many skills a teacher must have. We have to walk in those skills biblically. I gave you biblical um, strategies for uh, flowing in the skills that a teacher must have. You must, we must have these skills. Critical thinking, patience, time management, organization, um, patience. I, I probably said patience already, but you know we have to walk in those skills we have to walk in those skills biblically. Biblically, um, I think if we follow the fruit of the spirit, we'll everything will everything will fall in line. Everything will fall in line. So, teachers, I'm looking for a few co guest co hosts. Look for a few. I have one coming up soon. I think next week she's coming, um, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, um, I had, I, I thought I had a retired, uh, principal, 
Maybe if somebody's watching who's who's a retired principal who can offer some strategies or what he sees in our Christian teachers, if there's a difference, or what he can off what advice can he offer us? You know, to make it every day. Because we have to do this job every single day. I just read an art I didn't read the whole article, but I read some excerpts from an article about in New Jersey, the teachers that we have that I forgot the percentage, but it looks like like almost 90% of the teachers in New Jersey are white. And the black teachers, African-American teachers are so low. Asians are behind them. Hispanics, is, is, is Hispanics, I think Hispanics are behind us. I'm not sure. You know, might be in front of us. But the, the, the disparity, so that's not even Christian teachers. That's uh, racial uh, divides. And so uh, the reason I said that is because I'm thinking like, are we presenting our jobs like we are serving our students? Like, you know, teachers, I heard teachers say, I got my education, you know, you learn it or not. You know, are we happy coming to our jobs? Are we making our children feel loved? Our students feel loved and joy from coming from us. You know, I, I, I put that out every single day with my students. And so we, are we showing them that this is a, a desire, should be a desired profession? You know, this profet, this um, profession is an awesome, you can't have any profession without teachers. None, none. So are we making this uh, look desirable? Are we making being an educator look desirable? So we want to do that. If we have, if we possess all these skills, show forth the fruit of the spirit, there are going to be more people who want to be a teacher. I mean, not just because my mom was a teacher, my dad was a teacher, I'm a teacher. I see people doing that, and they're, they're like, um, not happy. They did it because of the benefits that they saw their parents had, and then they don't even like their job. Like, come on, we need teachers who love their job, so... Ah, again, let's go. I'm. Ah, this is a bit. This is the longest episode I ever had. So we're gonna um, close it out. And I thank you for tuning in again. I'm Ronette Branham. This is Educators with Oil. Please take your oil with you everywhere you go. Thank you for tuning in. Let that love flow forth. That fruit of the spirit shine. And have a blessed night. Remember. Like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, on any podcast platform. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you. Have a blessed night. Mm -hmm.